Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! Welcome to the OEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Brandon. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at Brandon Dubich. Brandon, spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. What's up, Brando? You know I'm a big dog guy, right? Always own dogs, love dogs. You know the worst dog is the big red variety, and I can't wait to talk some Sean Clifford today. Yeah. I knew I knew that was coming. It was first first thing out of your mouth. All right, and uh, unfortunately, as always, not as always, but just unfortunately in general, um, with us again is producer Seth. If you haven't already done it, you can block him on Twitter. It's at Seta Five S E T A H Five. What's up, Sethers? How many more years do we have to talk about Clifford? This guy's been around forever, right? It's his. I've got a question on that and Brando's Randos. I think he has a COVID year. I think this isn't even his last (laughs) year. This isn't his last year. This is because it's It's his fifth year, but he used one red shirt. So um, this is only his fourth year. So he should have an extra COVID year. Great. (sighs) Great. One more year. (laughs) One more year. That's all he should have started it off with. Right. And if you haven't already figured out what we're talking about, we're talking about the week 10 matchup, which comes after week nine by week. I wasn't going to allow Brandon to predict a loss in that week. So we're just going to skip that preview, uh, get right to week 10 against Penn state. It is in Bloomington time to be announced. It's on November 8th. So uh, I don't know, one of those, maybe a nice, a nice crisp, crisp fall afternoon in Memorial stadium. Um, Last matchup, uh, it was a weird one, wasn't it, Brandon? 24 nothing Penn State um, against uh, Michael Penix, who was his last game as a Hoosier, I believe. One um, of my worst viewing experiences of an IU game ever. I was at a wedding, hashtag uh, band Paul Weddings. Yeah. Um, but the couple was went, went to school at Penn State. Not only did they go to school at Penn State, but they were both in the band at Penn State. And just like any other Big Ten school, when you're in the band, you like bleed for your football team. They had the game on the big screen, like above the dance floor. Like, so the game was on the whole time and they were just chanting every turnover, every fourth down, every sack, every big play. And, you know, it was just just brutal and everyone knew i went to iu because you know the couple is actually tailgated with with michael and i a few mm-hmm. times i think twice um so again they're, they're nice people so it wasn't really them it was more their more their friends and and, and the alcohol uh, but this was generally a a, a a horrible game to watch 
Yeah, bad. I mean, mistakes by the players, mistakes by the coaches, mistakes all around. But the weird thing was it was just 24 to nothing. Like it probably should have been a lot worse had the defense not played. I mean, not well, but half decent, I guess. I mean, they did give up 400 yards, 200 through the air, 200 on the ground. But, um, you know, we've seen it get a lot worse really fast. And especially in night game in Happy Valley with Stripe out that had had nightmare written all over it. Um, but, yeah, you you talked about it. They were one for two on fourth downs, three for 14 on third downs, which is just abysmal. Uh, while holding Penn State to six of 16, which is good. I mean, eight, six total punts for Penn State, and just uh, the offense was just not there for IU. Um, we, if I've got this right, Seth and I kind of talked about it before you hopped on, but I'm pretty sure Raheem Wayne made an interception late in the first quarter. Um, I think he got it all the way back inside the 10, maybe. 7-0 Penn State at that time. And then somehow inside the 10, IU manages to go four and out. And uh, it was a great decision to go for it. It. On, yeah. on fourth down. I think they were on like the three or four yard line. Um, I mean, it was a really, really smart decision. You just you need seven points on the road um in that kind of atmosphere. It was the right decision. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right decision, just bad execution, as we talked about. I mean, just not great. So, um, yeah, it's enough talking about last year, and we'll skip through the history real quick. IU 2, Penn State 23. Um, two wins were memorable as they, shit. Yeah, great wins. One of them your, your friends were at. Yeah. So that was a fun time to rub it in their face, and then, you know, they got us 21 out of the last 22. So, or not really. That's not how that works, but you know what I mean. Either way. Uh, head coach James Franklin still sticking around there, eighth year. He's 67 and 33, which is a, a, a damn good record as a head coach in the Big Ten. Um, and uh, yeah, let's talk about their schedule, Brandon. Coming up, I think they've probably got the easiest schedule in all of the Big Ten, at least all of the Big Ten East. Um, win totals eight and a half, and based off of what I'm seeing in their first eight games I think they've got six in the bag pretty easy they start at at Purdue and if you talk to anybody that's around Purdue football one of these people on the podcast is for some reason Brandon they think that they're are they're chalking this puppy up for a W already night game Penn State whatever maybe ESPN whatever it is Penn State's three and a half point favorites to start it off what uh what do you think about that one? Then we'll get into the rest of their schedule. Man. It's it's really strength against strength, right? Purdue's going to be the better offensive team, but Penn State's going to be the far superior defensive team. I think it's going to come down to if the if Penn State, if a running back out of that very at least on paper talented backfield can actually do anything. And if they can control the clock and keep the ball out of Purdue's hands then I think Penn State should cover and win. Um, but they didn't run the ball real well last year, and the offensive line was pretty dang bad. Um, so if you get the Penn State from last year, um, I definitely think Purdue can pull off the upset at home. Um, I seem to think, you know, water finds its level, and they have so many four- and five-star talent back there in the backfield that um, 
that I, I would take Penn State to win that game um, just because I tend to think defense is a little bit better than offense to start the season. Um, if this was later in the year and, and Purdue's offense had time to get get clicking, um, like I think they have the potential to do so, maybe I'd take Purdue. Uh, but no, I, th- I think Penn State gets it done in opening weekend. But it should be a good game. I mean, it should be, you know, one of those, you know, one score, one score games. Penn State, no brainer. Okay, there he is. All right, so guarded. I love it. Can you tell me about the false sense of confidence that you guys have basically since 2018? Is it whenever some when was when was Rondell Moore? When was the Rondell Moore game? 2018, right? I think like whenever you guys have some big name, big shot team come into Ross Aid, you're like, oh man, I. Don't forget Rondell Moore game. It's just like, you know, you you catch one every now and then. First of all, it's a Fox game. It's a night game. So we'll have like the seizure inducing lights show or whatever that thing is. Um, No, there's no chance. There's no. So we have a quarterback, which is like the first time we've been able to say that in like a decade. And And of course, now you don't have any receivers. Uh, uh, yeah i mean whatever it's it is what it is it's it's a terrible matchup for us we're we're outmatched athletically across the board we'll move on from this game in a second how much how much white and they zoom out on that field how much white is in there is it just limited to the visitor section or are we looking at nebraska 2015 stop bringing that up um no it'll be like 25 30 percent it'll be a a fair share but not a so visitor section and a sprinkle you think yeah yeah you you don't get do you get a lot of opposing fans coming down from chicago no no because there's a decent penn state contingent in chicago i mean that's where my friends live now um that went to penn state um so i would i would have thought there was maybe some travel there we traditionally don't have many road fans. I think like Nebraska was an outlier because it was the first time they've ever had a chance to come to Indiana. And apparently Indiana's fun compared to Nebraska. So they sent bus loads. Yeah. Nebraska. That one was, if anybody gets a chance, I don't know. I don't remember what year it was. What year did they join? 2015 it, or 16? It was in something? the, it was in the the dark ages of uh, Hazel. Yeah. So I, I've kind of blacked out that entire history. Wants to Google that. It's actually a pretty funny, like, pan out of, of the amount of red that was in Ross eight is insane. So, but you know, screw Nebraska. So either way, let's move on. So, yeah. So you've got at Purdue where they're starting three and a half point favorites. They've got Ohio at home and then they're at Auburn and then central Michigan at home, Northwestern at home by week at Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio state. I got them going six and two in those eight. I have him at five and three um, and I have him getting absolutely blown out by Ohio state at home. Okay. That's very, very hard to then go travel on the road. Even if, I shouldn't say, even if it's a team like Indiana, because uh, we all think Indiana is going to be improved this year, uh, but this is a team that went seven and six last year and they lost studs on defense. They lost Jahan Dotson. Um, I mean, they always recruit well, but it's not like they have a stable of studs coming back and they're got a quarterback with a completion percentage, the same, the same as Dickie Legault. So, I mean, 
Um, again, I don't think this is a very good team. Um, like I said, I have them as five and three losing to at Auburn, um, home against Michigan, home against Ohio state. Um, I think they beat who they should be. And I think they lose to who they should lose to, um, on their schedule. And it's kind of a swing game for them. And I think it's pretty tough. Um, you know, getting blown out at home and your season basically over for Penn state fans who have, you know, conference championship hopes every year. Um, now no college team mails it in, but I think this game's tricky for Penn state. I so really I, do. Yeah. I mean, it's the first time we, how many previews in a row have we done where they're the team we're previewing is coming off of a bye week um, They're coming off the complete opposite of a bye week So um, whether that plays into IU's hands or not, well, you know, time will tell, but um, I agree with it's, you. It's either I, a bye week or like, oh, maybe it's a trap game because yeah. they play Ohio State after us. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's either a trap game, which I don't think really exists in any sport, um, regardless of the level, or it's a bye week. Um, so we, we we do get the fortunate schedule, like you mentioned. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, and you brought up a good point. I forgot they went seven and six. Like I forgot they just weren't very good last year. Um, you just always assume that they they lost to Illinois. Yeah, I do remember that. That was a nine overtimes. Is that what that was or something crazy? Um, they I lost can't... to Michigan State, who Michigan State was you know okay last year. Michigan State um, lost to Purdue last year, so. <laughs> this team's just not good and they didn't get much better i mean we're gonna go over it but like when you're touting a western kentucky transfer as a key transfer big yikes guys like on their offensive line they have like a yale transfer and a junior college transfer coming in to start on their offensive line like and it's an offensive line that was bad yeah, it's Cornell and it's Lackawanna Community College. So let's let's give the props where they're due. My bad, but I mean, you get what I'm you get what I'm saying. Those are projected starters, Seth. Those are predicted starters. Ooh, what's you know what? While we're here, let's do this. We haven't done like updated news or anything for a while. Let's um, let's talk depth chart. Unofficial depth chart comes out this week or I year came out this week. Anything. Anything blow your mind there? Uh, fake news. I don't know, man. Uh, everything's been smoking mirrors. Uh, it's awesome they did that. I was super surprised when you sent it yesterday. Like my, my jaw was on the table, but I mean, I think Tim Weaver for much... jumping in Khalil Benson. Yeah. You know, I mean that was that was a little bit of a shock. Um, Where's this at? Where's Benson at? Benson's oh, uh, the on the 2D, but he's 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 second string at, at right guard. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, we knew Camper was going to be there. We knew D- DJ Matthews. We knew Javon Swinton. Yeah, that's um, what I was awesome to see at. Donovan McCulley yeah. on the 2D. Yep. Um, you know, that that was nice. But running backs going Shivers, Henderson, and Lucas, kind of duh. I mean, I, I'm not going to go over the whole thing, but you get what I'm saying. Like, nothing jumped out to me. It was like. Oh, I mean, maybe the LEO podcast just nailed it because, you know, we're geniuses. But, you know, there, there was nothing on there that I was like, oh, man, that's a surprise. So there's there's a lot of oars 
So real uh, mainly on the offense. So you don't have a starting quarterback. You've got one st- solid starting wide receiver in Cam Camper. Everybody else, including DJ Matthews, is an or. DJ Matthews or Emory Simmons. You've got Javon Swinton or Donovan McCauley or Anderson Kobe. So the depth there, I don't know if you've watched any of the, the first video of highlights that came out from camp. Those do, like, I had to look up who number one was catching the football because I, well, I forgot about Donovan McCauley tra- uh, moving positions. But that dude, he looks like a freaking athlete out there catching the ball. So that'll be interesting to see. And Anderson Cody looks monstrous too. So I don't know, maybe just, or Kobe, go check out the IU Twitter account um, and watch that video. It's pretty interesting. But yeah, I'm with Noah you. Pierre, we nailed it starting at, yep. uh, Husky. at Husky. Yeah. Like that, I think that was probably the big, not the biggest question mark, but it was like, who is going to be at Husky? And, and again, just, just the LEO podcast, just being a one. I think you're going to see a lot of people at Husky. I do think. Deshaun McCullough plays a little Husky at some point. Um, they've got him listed in the two deep or, well, hanging into the two deep at bowl um, with Miles Jackson and Lance Bryant. So um, it is exactly what Seth and I feared, though. They went with all seniority instead of the younger in our, in our take, more talented guys on both lines. I mean, they just went senior laden as as much as possible. Well, you you said it at the beginning. Smoke and mirrors. I mean, it, this could be nothing. This could be literally. I mean, you know who's going to start. You know, Cam Jones is going to start. You know, Demarco or Demarcus Elliott's going to start. You know, James Head's going to start. These players are are were shoe ins. All the corners we already knew all that stuff. Defensive backfield. But to, I think defensive tackles still have some movement. I think Bull still has some movement. I think Stinger line or uh, middle linebacker could see some movement in there too. Obviously, the entire offense really outside of tight end and running back. Um, I'll be really interested to see how it goes as the as the camp goes on. And then two other quick things, and then we'll get into players to watch on Penn State. Um, picked up two offensive linemen this week. Um, I don't know why you laughed at picking up Bubba Jeffries. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, Big Bubba. But uh, I like that. I like that. Anybody named Bubba that's going to play on my offensive line, sign him up. Um, name's Tyler, I think, really. But goes by Bubba, and that's all we need. Just just give me a Bubba on the offensive line, and we'll be set for at least four years. So um, anything else you want to add on them, then we'll jump into uh, – I'll let you start with your favorite player on Penn State. Yeah, I don't have anything else news-wise. I mean, the, the videos are exciting. Um, football is back. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's – it's, you start to feel like football's back, whether it's NFL or college. Um, and I still think, you know, IU probably does it some of the best um, videos that they put out. Their, their, their marketing department is, uh, is amazing. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, why don't can I you talk? Can I talk Big Sean now? Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Like I mentioned, um, this guy can't hit the broadside of a barn. Um, he throws 60% clip. That's not even good in middle school. Um, he has a not even a three to one touchdown to interception ratio. It's closer to two to one than it is three to one. Um, so that's not good. Um, everyone touts his legs. 
Um, but somehow he rushes for less than 300 yards a year. Um, so he can't, he's not accurate. He turns the ball over. He's not really a rushing threat. How does Penn State keep trotting this guy out? Like, I mean, I, I kind of kiss their butt, you know, their behinds a little earlier about how good of a recruiting college this is, but yet they can't find a guy better than Sean freaking Clifford. This guy stinks. He stinks. Well, they, they had him, right? But he's in Kentucky. What's his name? Uh, Will Levis? Will Levis. Levis. Yeah. You know, that super high in Kentucky, by the way. I've started doing my college research. Really? Okay. Well, the only thing I've seen, all I remember with Will Levis is, um, man, I can't remember who punched the ball out, but it may have been McFadden uh, knocking the ball. No, it was uh, James Head, I think. Knocking the ball out with the one play that he played. Uh, against IU in 2020, picking up a big fumble recovery there from him. Uh, that's really the only thing I remember about Will Levis. So good for him. Glad he's doing okay down there in uh, Kentucky. So, um, yeah, but they, they've got some pretty good talent, I think, in the backfield and at least one really good wide receiver on the outside. Uh, Kavante or Kavan, Kavan Lee, is that right? Kavan Lee. Yes. I mean, dude, when, like, I mean, you talk about him every year. Yeah. Yeah, it's his second – is this his second year, second or third year? Third year, um, He's He should be set up to be like Saquon. The dude is, like, built like him. Yeah, he's, but, Michael, I mean, it was Noah Kane before him. Yeah. And yeah, then it was Kavon Lee. It's got to be now the offensive five line, star, right, Now it's five-star. Let me find his name in my notes. Um, Hold on. I just freaking had him. Um, well, anyway, they, they just brought in another five-star guy, Nick yep. Singleton. Yep. Um, so, I mean, they, they seem to keep bringing these guys in. You know, I mean, they had Barkley. They had Miles Sanders. But they've sort of haven't had a guy in a while. It, it, it seems to be, oh, well, he didn't work out, so the next guy. So, um, you know, it's kind of show me something before I anoint you to be Saquon or Miles Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but to go back with that, you know, because IU, I, I think we've, you know, whether it's Stephen Carr or some of the guys before them, is the running back bad or is the offensive line just bad? True. Could, that's what I was going to say. I think it's an offensive line issue. And that's why Noah Kane, watch Noah Kane will be a stud at LSU. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll be fine down there. Um, wide receivers on the outside. You touched, I'll talk about Michael Tinsley real quick since you already talked about him. The uh, West, Western Kentucky transfer last year, 87 catches, 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns. That's that's just product of the system. Really good numbers, um, but only made second team all-conference USA. So um, I think people can kind of see, read the leaves there, as they say. Um, against IU last year, while he was at Western Kentucky, four catches, 68 yards. I think he had one of the longer receptions mm. of 30-plus or something like that. So, um so scared of Michael yeah, Tinsley. Nothing jumps out to me with him. He's not huge. Honestly, he's downgrading quarterbacks. Yeah, so. true. That's true. Um, the other guy on the outside, Parker Washington, though, I think different story. Uh, he's true, good. <laughs> true sophomore, yeah. Or true junior, sorry. two A ca- hundred catches in his first two years. I think he had 60-plus last year behind did they have two really good wide receivers? Was it Dotson and somebody else? Or was it 
Well, they returned Keandre Lambert Smith, uh, which will be the second best hyphenated yeah. guy in the Big Ten. Um, <laughs> he's he's going to be really good too. Um, you know, we, we I mean we've talked about Maryland's wide receivers, and I think I think we all agree that Maryland pro- maybe outside of Ohio State had the best wide receivers, um, but, but Penn State's are up there. Um, you know, Parker Washington's going to play in the NFL. Yeah, I really um, like him. And and um, Lambert Smith certainly has a chance as well. Yeah. Parker Washington's got, got everything. I mean, outside of not being huge, I think he's five, nine or five, 10. Um, the, his body's in the right shape. I mean, he's, he's really good at his, his routes and a uh, great ball catcher and everything. So he's, he's got a great, great future. And of course they have the tight ends there. again. Of course the tight ends, but yeah, I've got two more on my list here. Uh, one of them has got to be pretty near and dear to your heart. If you want to talk about his kid, Joey Porter, um, dude's an absolute insane man. Um, he, he, he got on a fight with the Steelers as a player. He got in a fight with the Steelers as a coach. Um, and he, he passed that on to, uh, onto his son who, uh, will be a first team, um, all big 10 guy this year, probably day two, um, draft pick, uh, if he blows up, could potentially be first round. He's, he's kind of right there with, with Taiwan, really. Um, you know, when you, when you look at cornerback uh, prospects in the Big Ten, and you know how much we love Taiwan, um, so you have to give it with Joey Porter Jr. Um, guy, just, guy just makes plays when you need to make plays. Um, you know, he, his stats won't pop out at you for the same reason Taiwan stats don't pop out at you because he just doesn't get thrown at. Yeah, very much. I think they're a little bit different. I think they're both top, top playmakers for sure, but in different ways. I think Joey Porter Jr. is kind of a, I think he's got a lot of his dad's mentality, like what you're hinting at. I think he's nuts. Like, I just think he tries to be around the ball no matter where it's at. Whereas Taiwan Mullen is just like, I'm just going to take away your best receiver. You're just never going to throw the ball to him. If you do, I'll probably just knock it away or it'll be incomplete. So um, I don't think people, hate throwing the ball at Joey Porter Jr. I just think that he is just, you know, he's one of those guys that's like so crazy. You just, you just avoid him. So uh, as you said, third team, all American uh, or third team, all big 10 last year, Um, his first, and I think his only interception came last year against IU off of like a tipped ball, really good dive. If I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, really good diving catch. Uh, had to be reviewed for like 35 minutes or whatever in a game that was over. So um, one more player I want to touch on real quick. And then if you want to add anything else, I think maybe their best player, probably overall, um, maybe outside of Parker Washington is PJ Mustafer, Mustafer, whatever you want to say. Second team, all big 10 last year. First, first team AP, uh, all big 10 for the career, first career as a defensive tackle, 107 tackles, three sacks, 10, tackles for loss and two forced fumbles uh the guys the guy was a nightmare for iu last year i want to say it was six tackles three of which were tfls i mean the guy was either disrupting running lanes or was just putting pressure on tuttle or or Penix pretty much the entire game and then um setting up a lot of the stuff that they get from the outside as well so do you have anything else you want to add on pj or anybody else you're you're keeping an eye on during this game He's going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting. Um, they lost a lot of their sack guys last year, um, and they didn't really have that many. Um, they lose about half of their sacks from last year, 
And really, they just kind of have uh, freshman Zane Durant um, and Danny Dennis Sutton, who's both, you know, pretty good recruits, but they are just freshmen. Um, they lose their linebacker. They, they lose their two leading tacklers in Ellis Brooks and Brandon Smith. Um, now, they do have Curtis Jacobs, who, who, who is, you know, pretty solid. One of those Penn State guys that probably gets drafted in the fifth or sixth round. Um, but again, they lose a lot of, of their defense. Um, so, you know, when, and here, here was an interesting stat when, when the defense allowed 20 points or fewer, Penn state was seven and one in other games. So that means 21 or more points, which isn't a lot of points. They're Oh, and five. That just shows how much weight this defense has to carry. Um, you know, if you scored 21 points against Penn state, you beat them last year. That's an insane stat. Look at that, Michael. Look at me bringing stats to the bringing line. stats. Look at you. Um, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty intense. Uh, one of the guys on the outside, Tony, is that his name? He was yep. pretty high draft pick, was he not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. They're they're losing quite a bit of production, as you said. The linebackers. Uh, I think both of the Russians. Zane Durant. Uh, by the way, that was that a guy IU was in for. Really, we right. went after Zane, and he kind of blew up, and and then he wasn't really an option. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, we 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 had him in over the summer. We had him, I think, in again for a game, and then and then he became a little out of our reach. Yeah. Um. Okay. Moving on. Let's get to key matchups real quick. We spent a decent amount of time talking about those dudes. Um. We'll just keep key key matchups short if you want. Uh, I've just got really one. Um, because really before we've done any of this research, I, as I said, I, I didn't know a lot about this team coming in. Um, but I did know based off what we've seen, because the guy's been there for 32 years, if you can pressure the big red dog, he is going to do big red dog things. And he's going to throw the ball to the other, to the other team. You can get him scramble, get him some happy feet. Some of those interceptions he threw in 2020, I'm not, they, they weren't even anywhere near a receiver just because he had somebody in his face. So to, to do that, which is something that was um, not existent last year, uh, would make a huge difference. What do you have uh, as a key matchup? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I have our secondary um, Indiana needs to come back here, but I think it's overall turnovers. I mean, if James Head wants to get another strip sack, I'd be all for it. Um, I mean, I think this will, if IU wants to win, this is going to have to be a three turnover game. I don't care. It's done. Forced fumbles, interceptions, doesn't matter. Key matchups here is, is just, again, like you hit getting pressure on Clifford. So whether he turns the ball over or, um, or, or IU, uh, you know, really matching up our secondary and locking up those P, uh, PSU receivers, um, uh, turnovers are going to be so freaking important in this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and I think, again, I'm going to say the same thing I'm going to say pretty much the entire season. But more importantly, in one of these games where you've got a uh, pretty high caliber um, defense and, and to turn around and, and have somebody like P.J. Washington. Or was it? Sorry. Yeah, to have Washington. Are you here a for a McCullough breakout game in this game? I'd love it, man. 
I'd love something like that. I mean, to shut down their tight ends, I think it's a good matchup. I mean, no, maybe, maybe just him sitting too. in a passing lane. I mean, he does, he did get interceptions in, in high school. Oh yeah. You know, just maybe Clifford just tall. doesn't see yeah. him and he yep. just snags it. Yep. Man. I'd love it, man. I really would. Um, this is late enough of the season when you're not a freshman anymore, right? Like you got enough big 10 games under your belt um, that, that, you know, those freshmen can start making plays. Um, and I think, th- I think McCullough is a nightmare for Clifford because Clifford can outrun him. He's tall enough to get in the passing lanes. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely think McCullough could be a nightmare for Clifford. Yeah. Totally agree. Seth, do you have anything else you want to add on key matchups before we move on? Or Brandon, do you have another one? I'll, I'll fill in. The only thing I think is we've talked about the evolution of the college and the pro games. This is a game where the outside is going to dictate who wins this game. If the corners for IU are better than the corner from the, uh, sorry, the receivers from Penn state, that's going to be a plus and vice versa. And I really think, uh, which means of course that it's going to be won by a running back, but um but that's why I think this is where the outside game is going to be the most important, most fascinating watch. And you're not beating them running up the middle just on talent and athleticism alone. Yeah, totally agree. But I think, I think the passing game is going to be huge in this game um, for IU, especially not having to deal with, um, I mean, I wish I could remember his name, Contavious, Tony, whatever his name was. Darius. No, that's the wide receiver. Yeah, that's right. Um, but Tony from Penn State, the defensive end, um, he was he gave us fits for for two years straight. So um, even in the game that we won, I remember he was popping Penix. Was that Mean Girls where times. his band was Tony Tony Tony? No, uh, but I think it's a real band. <laughs> so um, we can just stick with that one. I don't know why are you making that face, Seth. I know it's a Tim Meadows bit, and I can't remember what movie it's in. Might be pop star. Oh, that's Doesn't your favorite, matter. like your favorite movie or something. Do you know movie. that? We can we we can move on. Right. We don't have to talk about Tony Tony right. Tony. <laughs> well, let's move on. And before we get to everybody's favorite part, just a super quick word from our sponsor, Mona and Track Club. MTC is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport. In the Hoosier State, they craft products, tell stories, create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes. For more details on their club runs, which they are doing even in the oppressive heat and humidity every Tuesday night um, and shop their gear. Guys, they've got shirts, they got the hoodies, they got the koozies, they got the, the whatever they call pennies. They got they got the whole thing for all the runners out there. Um, as a thank you to our listeners, they are offering 10% off your order. Use promo code LEO10 at checkout. That's L-E-O-1-0. Um, and uh yeah, there we go. Let's move on to Brando's Randos. Brandon, what do you got? What? So I got I got a little vanilla question before I get into some of the other ones. Um, but you know, doing this, I, I can get worked up against a lot of teams, right? You know, Penn State isn't one of them. Like, do you do either one of you guys dislike Penn State? No. Well, like does Purdue have anything against Penn State? I mean, to me. I kind of like them. Like I, like I root for them when they play Michigan, when they play Michigan state, when they play Ohio state, like I, I see myself more on Penn state um, than a lot of big teams or big 10 teams. But 
<laughs> no, no, there is no but there. No, I generally think I think I like Penn State. No, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I've been obviously the big issue with the Sandusky cloud hanging over everything, um, which I just think has to be brought up every time you get, give any kind of compliment to Penn State. But uh, aside from that, yeah, they're a very interesting school. They're a good addition to the Big Ten. They're the ones who made it 11. Like, I don't know. I, I like it. I think they're competitive in most sports. So yep. it's. I, I like the traditions they have. I think they have really unique. I mean, they're in their in-game environments. Awesome. It's a true college town. Like they have classic jerseys. I mean, I mean, there's just, I don't know. It's a lot to like. A lot to like, which dovetails into my next question. Um, and I've kind of asked this kind of question in every, every preview so far. Um, but if you could lose Rutgers in Maryland, but it would also cost you Penn state. Would you do that? Like if you, if you could trade, you know, and, and get some other, you know, West coast schools, you know, if you could get Oregon and you can get, you know, Colorado and Utah, but you had to get, you had to lose Penn state Rutgers in Maryland. Would you do it? Yeah. Yes. I'd throw in a couple picks too to get those three schools. Yes. I would get rid of those, those three. For Oregon, Utah, Colorado, all day. I don't know if you can lose Penn State, man. Penn State yeah. is just so Big Ten. Yeah. No, they're not. They're 30 years deep, man. Yeah, that's it. What a tradition. What is they don't years? bring a lot in other sports, though. I mean, Seth was wrong there. They're not good in basketball. They're not Wrestling. good in baseball. They're not they- good in... Uh, I mean, I, I I never hear them in the Olympic sports. You never hear them in swimming or cross country or anything. Aren't so, they I mean, good at volleyball? And yes. They may be good at volleyball. Yes. But I like, so I, I don't not. know. At least I don't see what Seth was talking about. But yeah, I don't know if I could trade in the West Coast schools for Penn State. I, I don't, don't know West if I could Coast. Do it. But what if that means? What if you lose? Let's say the ACC is breaking up. So let's say you you have to switch, like. Rutgers for Boston College, Maryland for North Carolina, uh, Virginia, and you get Virginia Tech instead of Penn State. There's no way I do that oh, for the basketball man. side of things. Zero chance for the basketball side. Of, oh, because like, you're afraid of them. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. And it doesn't make any sense in football either. What do any of those schools bring you that Penn State? Does I mean I feel like Virginia Tech and Penn State are pretty comparable. Like they're they do have Inter Sandman, which is pretty freaking like awesome. Virginia, I'd love to go to a road game against oh, Virginia yeah. Tech. Oh yeah, that Virginia, Virginia Tech has has kind of since uh, Beamer left has hit kind of a a rough spot, but they'll be back. They'll be yep. back. All right, let's let's stick with your SEC thing, even though you went ACC. Um, who's the SEC? Because again, everyone's talking about. It's, it's just going to be Big Ten and, and the SEC. Who's the SEC Penn State? Oh, I've got two schools, but one of them's had a lot of a lot more success. Auburn? That's the first one I thought of. The other one was LSU, but LSU's won. Yeah, I think LSU's national championships lately. But not now, I feel like. Um, I think nationally, LSU is above Penn State. Yes. So I think it's Auburn. Yeah. That's the first team I came up with. Could it be Florida? That was the one I was trying to fish around with, but they've won too much recently. Yeah, and they were, they were huge 
Like, and their their downs are too low. Penn State doesn't have any of those like four and eight seasons that I think yeah. Florida's had a couple. <sighs> yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, All I right. think Auburn's Auburn's pretty safe. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. War Eagle. Um, last question. Um, if you had to if you had to pick a coach tomorrow, would you rather pick Keegan Michael Key or James Franklin? Uh trick question. They're the same person. <laughs> there he, I, was, I was hoping uh, you'd say. Have you ever seen him in the same place? That's, yes, <laughs> yes, we have. I've, I've not seen. Oh yeah, that's every right. college game. That's true. In, that's in true. Beaver Stadium. Yeah, if uh, you guys don't know what we're talking about, the ESPN did a, a pretty good thing, where Keegan Michael Key actually came into. Did he do like a, a meeting, like a team meeting? Instead yeah. of like instead of James Franklin walking in, it was it was Keegan Michael Key, and it was pretty great. All right, yeah, that's all I got. What do you got, Seth? All right, I just got a couple quick notes. Uh, Chop Robinson, DN transfer from Maryland. We talked about him a little bit last week on the pod. He was 35th ranked nationally two years ago, Under Armour All-American. He's going to be a rush end to consider for Penn State this year. Um, And then the other one, um, every year it seems like James Franklin is flirting with some other school. Is he going to stay at Penn State long-term? And if not, where the hell does he go? At this point, it has to be like the biggest school in the world, right? Yeah. So I think that's his only next, I think that's his next move. But has he earned? Oh, never. Uh, I think, well, now that you asked that, well, what I was going to say was, I think if he turned down, because he was gone, right, Brandon? He was out to uh, USC. Yep. Like that was all done and dusted before the Lincoln Riley stuff. And then, I mean, if he, if he turned down USC, I think he's sticking it out at Penn yep. State. And I love that. I want Harbaugh and Franklin in this conference forever. Because <laughs> give me Tom Allen over those clowns. Oh, He'll never be able to recruit over them. But give me Tom Allen. Okay. What that's else? all I got. Oh, that's it? James Franklin's a clown. <sighs> There's only one clown. That's P.J. Fleck. Um, okay. Coaching and quarterbacks are always so dang questionable. I know. I know. Except Talia. Talia is the best. Except for. Could be the greatest. (laughs) And Baz. Talia and Baz. Um, All right. Here comes the depressing part, I think. Uh, Seth, what do you got? Predictions. Way too early predictions. Three months before the actual game. 90 plus days. What do you got? Uh, I have Penn State coming in at five and three, same as uh, Brandon. I have IU coming in at four and four, and I have Penn State just kind of throttling IU Ooh. 20, 27 to 10. Oh, at home. That doesn't happen much at home. On a, on a decent year, it doesn't happen much at home. All right. Uh, I went first last week, Brandon. I'll let you go first this week. Or do you know this is your second favorite school? I'll go ahead and go. I don't have a score written down, so I'm going to make it up right now. Uh, Closer than what Seth had going. Give me, give me IU twenty four, Penn State twenty six, twenty four twenty six. 
Yeah. yeah no, I mean, I, I gave the stat. It's a stat I can't get out of my three, head. Four, three, three, four, three. <sighs> it's don't what don't make him leave this podcast happy. Just change your prediction. Nobody's going to hold you to it. This isn't it the real prediction. This is uh, I held I held out one one stat, and I think it's going to matter. Last year, Penn State dominated the first quarter. They outscored their opponents eighty to thirty three. I think if they come here with a with a Ohio State hangover and can't get it started, they won't get it started. But they're going to be playing for their season. They're going to be playing pissed off. They are going to come in and they are going to win 24-13. This defense uh, is just too good. Um, and we showed if they if they hold teams to 20 points and under. Um, they, they win those games. I think they hold IU to under 20 points. Um, and, and the Schneid continues. They lose four in a row to get to, to, to get to five and four. Um, yeah, I think, I think, and, and I think the offense is a huge, huge issue. I think we are screaming that the offensive line couldn't move. I think we're screaming that their defensive line just stayed in the backfield the entire time and gave Baz absolutely no time. Um, and, uh, and we're questioning Walt Bell and the offensive line coach that shall not be named, um, at this point in the season. I can't believe we're, we're shouting at Walt Bell already. Um, I don't or 13 agree. points at yeah, home on senior. Is, is it senior night? No, it's maybe? not senior night. Senior night's Purdue. Now the, the last home game's never senior night. It's always like the second to last home game. Uh, I think this might be senior night. Let me see what they've got down on IU's website, but I I tend to disagree with with you. I think I, I think last year's kind of tainted a lot of people's perspective. I mean, even when IU had some really bad teams, I feel like they've hung pretty close to all of like Penn State, especially. Um, Penn State scored twenty four points on us last year. I think both teams, like I think the offense, is pretty much the same offense they had last year. I think our defense. I mean, I know we lose Micah, but I think we got some additions as well. I think our defense is about the same. So I think we we hold them to 24 points. I think I think and we were all kind of around that same point total. It's yeah. going to be all about us scoring. If you go through my updates, I just don't love this offense, man. I I, I really, really don't. You don't know it. You don't know it yet. Nobody knows it. You're right. I think you'll be surprised. I want to I, I really think Sean Shivers is like the real deal. And I also think Oh man, just a fans on quarterback play. We don't know. We've never really seen Baz play. I mean, this is going to sound super boring and super contradicting to what I talked about at the very beginning of the podcast. But if he is even remotely close to just being Aiden O'Connell, it's a massive difference in the offense. So, um, which is I mean, based off of his stats, it's pretty close to what he was at Missouri. I mean, just based off completion percentage alone, um, we'll see. So, um, yeah. Until then, we will uh, we'll talk to you guys next Ohio week. State next week on Ohio the road. State on the road, that's going to be uh, probably be a, a top a four team one. in the country. Well, I mean, based on everything you read and and see, you would think they've already won the national championship. So. Ryan Day, um, national championship or bust. That's right. Whatever. Um, so go ahead and bust because that's what they do every year. So 
uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at podcast OEO. Uh, be sure to download, follow, rate, review on all of our platforms. And we will talk to you guys next week when we talk about Ohio State. Love you guys. Elio. 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 He said it. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much. Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.